Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. If you're ever forced to go to court and you see someone appear in front of a judge and they're wearing flip-flops instead of shoes, <laughs> I think you can blame Jimmy Buffett. You know, we didn't have this problem in society before Jimmy Buffett showed up. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was Oliver Jones, the Los Angeles film producer on the lasting effect of the late Jimmy Buffett. And I am not nearly as upset about that as Oliver is, but uh, he'll get it over it anyway. Hello, I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is in the control room, twisting the knobs and producing and directing. That's 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 the gig, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lou. And today, what a pleasure to pick the brilliant minds of Peter Freeman of the website DC Outlook. Peter, all all cylinders uh, clicking. Something's clicking. I don't know if it's the <laughs> cylinder, but. <laughs> Yeah, and the noise stops, I get nervous. <laughs> on his private island, somewhere on the Delaware beach, the film critic for the Saturday Evening Post, our good friend, Mr. Bill Newcott, who is just back from the Toronto Film Festival. And I'm uh, very jealous about that and excited to hear about uh, what you saw and liked at Toronto. Well, seven days, Arch, and uh, 26 movies. In seven days. Love that. Would have Love seen that. more if the Paul Simon documentary didn't go four hours. <laughs> Paul's like that, isn't he? He is. He is. He talks slow. <laughs> <laughs> there must be 60 ways to leave the theater during a uh, <laughs> oh, I'd have Paul Simon it. movie. What uh, are we going to be talking about from Toronto uh, this winter? Yeah, this is probably my 12th or 13th. Toronto Film Festival. And I think I enjoyed this one more than any for a couple of reasons. One is mm -hmm. the writer's strike because right. there was no distracting celebrity events. You know, there were no red carpet. They had red carpets. There was, they were like the saddest red carpets you've ever seen. <laughs> where like, here comes the executive producer. And here's, <laughs> here's the grip who for, and, and, and the crowd. Look, were, it's his mama. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so so you got to just concentrate on the films. And also, they didn't have the distraction of the big blockbusters. Like last year, Knives Out premiered at uh, Toronto. Um, but because the celebrities can't be there for the, for the launch, the studio said, well, we're going to hold, hold on to these films. So it was all moderate and smaller size movies, which I found great. 26 movies, none was a clunker. And uh, and and all and most of them were very, very good. I, I, I came up with a list of movies... I'm really looking forward to seeing again, even. Um, we'll talk about Dumb Money a little later, because that's that's opening this week. I saw that up there, the Paul Dano movie. Um, but uh, so, so The Holdovers with, with Paul Giamatti, which is a really wonderful little film opening in October. about That's uh, that uh, Alexander Payne movie. Alexander Payne's new movie, yeah. Uh, and, I love his stuff. Everyone's everyone's rooting for Alexander Payne uh, to, to have a good film. And this and this really was is is a fine uh Little he drama. and Giamatti made uh, Sideways. Together. Sideways. This is their reunite, being reunited. Movies. Uh, yeah, he plays he plays this professor at a school who he has a walleye. You remember walleye? He has one eye that looks in the other direction. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, 
And I'm I'm dying to find out how they did it because he he plays the whole movie with one eye looking off to the left, and, and the characters keep asking, uh, "Which eye should I look in when I talk to you?" Oh and, God! And and at the end, he finally reveals as part of the reveal at the end of the, of the film. Um, so it's it's a really good film. He's good. Everyone else is, is wonderful in it. Um, and oh. I saw Dream Scenario, Nick Cage's new film, oh, yeah. which is opening in November, uh, where he plays a guy. He plays a mild mannered college professor. That's kind of the theme this year is mild-mannered college professors <laughs> who um, who suddenly turn, starts turning up in people's dreams. And everyone everyone is dreaming about this guy. And he's just like, he's just walking through their dreams. He's not even like, like a character in their dreams. But now they, they see him on the street. They say, wait a minute, you're in my dreams. Oh, you've been on my mind recently. Huh? Because you keep popping up in my dreams. Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. Why me? Uh... I don't know. I'm special, I guess. It takes off from there, and it's it's kind What's the of name a, of that again. It's called Dream Scenario, uh, and it it sort of reminds me of a Charlie Kaufman film. It's not by Charlie Kaufman, oh, but it yeah. but partly because it's got Nick Cage in it. Uh, but it, it's a lot of fun, and and gosh, Nyad with Annette Benning playing the the woman who swam at age sixty four between Cuba and and Key West. She's mm. fantastic. I wish I wish she would finally win an Oscar. Um, and this would be a good one for her to get uh, get it for um, the burial with Tommy Lee Jones and Jamie uh, Fox, a, a law drama that's opening. Uh, yeah, that that movie, The Burial, I think is coming to streaming fairly quickly, isn't it? A lot of these films are coming to streaming fairly quickly. Then uh, they're all doing their pre, you know, they're they're two weeks in the theaters, so they get Oscar qualifications, and then they're they're turning up on stream on streaming. Um, most of these films would play well on a TV. Uh, it's just one thing that I did notice. Yeah, the very few of the big uh, Oppenheimer sort of spectacles that you just need to see on a big screen. Um, uh, so yeah, I, the, the 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 Paul Simon movie that I talked about is I think made for HBO. It's going to be two. I, I, they, you know, they made us sit through four hours of it, but apparently they're going to break it up over two nights on, on HBO. And they showed that in the IMAX theater up in in Toronto. Um, which didn't work because it was a lot of newsreel, you know, had, you know, vintage Saturday Night Live clips and things. Uh, but the music is great. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. So I, it's honest, guys. I saw 26 films and I liked every single one of them. Wow. And what's the name of the Paul Simon movie that you? It's called In Restless had Dreams. Down your throat. In Restless Dreams. It? In Restless Dreams. From In, in, uh, in Restless, Restless Dreams, dreams I Walk Alone. Oh, oh wow! Wait, you managed to get a, a, a thong out of him. This yes, is, right. This is not the presses right now. Let's switch over to Peter Freeman, who uh, is slogging through the the currently available material yeah. at a Cineplex. And Peter, I got to tell you, every day I look at the listings in the Washington Post, and I just think I don't want to see this. There's nothing that interests me. Nothing has gotten my attention since uh, Oppenheimer. Oh gosh, I'm not even thank God I wasn't here for that. Um, I think I forgot you hate Oppenheimer. Hate yeah, sorry, but uh, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy I, who hated Oppenheimer. I'm always the guy. The, the, the one the, hold out. That's okay. I'm the guy. I'm the guy who likes Golda. So we're we're even there. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Continue, Peter. Sorry. Didn't mean to. Mean to be Peter. a buzzkill there. Go ahead. But no, so but, what's play? What what is out uh, there? Because I can't get fair. excited about anything. You and Bill touched on it a lot. They seem to be making movies for the smaller screen. 
And for whatever reason, they're launching a lot of these on the big screen with very small crowds. Um, we go to movies, um, not the screenings anymore, but so much, but the uh, uh, just a regular theater from a Saturday night yeah. when you get a, a fairly full house. But the theaters are very small. Keep in mind, it's not like the old days. The Avalon, <laughs> our local theater, was was yeah. was busy with Golda, and um, uh, I mean, I remember her um, as a kid. But uh, the movie was was actually pretty good. It's got Helen Mirren as the Prime Minister of Israel back during the Yom Kippur War, so the early 70s. Today, the Egyptian and Syrian armies launched an offensive against Israel. Secretary Kissinger is on the line. Remember that I am first an American, second I am Secretary of State, and third I am a Jew. She's absolutely otherworldly. Terrific performance, um, you know, chain smoking notwithstanding. She's, she's really good. She delivers the goods. A lot has been made of the makeup that Helen Mirren wore. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know her. You specifically, her. her nose. The nose. Well, <laughs> it's always the nose, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it just what are you, what are you saying, Art? What are you saying about noses? <laughs> you're gonna let them slide on that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I can't get past Helen Mirren in all of that makeup. She's, you know what, she comes through because she's, she has got a, a presence about her and that Golda Meir, to be honest, didn't, it didn't seem like it. You know, she's very, you know, just there like a lump, lump in a log. And uh, <laughs> you like the hand like it doesn't, yeah. it's probably my equalizer Italian thing coming out in a second. But um, she, so is it just uh, the Yom Kippur War segment? Yeah, is it which was like, like a, I don't know, a couple a of weeks, three weeks long, and uh -huh. it dwells only on that. And I think her life was interesting enough to to feature a little bit more. So I think that was the mistake of the movie, but it's worth seeing just for her because she really is, like I said, she breathes life into an interesting character who you wouldn't necessarily stop and look at. As um, heavy as the makeup is, they wisely keep her eyes i mean mm. she she just oh, does yeah. so much with her eyes and she uh, is and, one of the great actresses she truly and is. i'm sorry peter i was assuming you didn't like golda when i when i was referring to it earlier i, I for some reason that uh, seemed like a movie you wouldn't like when there well, and here you only are. because it was, it took over where oppenheimer was and i thought there may have been a little leftover <laughs> <laughs> ill will in the theater um, <laughs> but at least oh, they're, they're hopping the avalon's making some money because they right. they were you know turning seats and I, I love to see that um unfortunately I, I also love to see good movies and i haven't seen many more uh a haunting in venice um just came out yeah. and that was boy it's supposedly a Her sequel to death on the nile which came out yeah. last year um like right at the end of covid you know when people were starting to sneak back into the theaters kenneth brennig yeah and he's the sole returnee um and they match him up now instead of a exciting, uh, you know, thirties esque uh, yacht and rich people and sexy dancing. Now they stick him in uh, an old haunted mansion ten years later with Tina Fey, which um, yeah. <laughs> insert joke here. She's now now wretched. No, she's wretched in this really? movie. She's one hundred percent miscast. I've looked at it from every which way. I am the smartest person I ever met, and I can't figure it out. So I came to the second. 
You are up to something, my friend. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. And it's, it gets to the point where you just want to scream because she's acting as if she's doing a, a 30 Rock skit and she's in this this movie where, you know, with children dying and, you know, haunting <laughs> and a thousand people that you've seen, but you just, you know, you can't place their name or, or what they were in. And uh, Kenneth Ron is just doing his usual, you know, um, the investigator and uh, a, a real disaster. Um, and, you know, they no. did that series in the uh, 70s, right? I forget who was. Perry. Albert Finney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Agatha so Christie. How did you go wrong? Uh, yeah. This is a story that she wrote um, back in the year after I was born. So 69. And, um you know they haven't made a movie about it, and I think we're. If you see this one, you'll 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 realize why. And before before you stop me, I've got two that that you absolutely have to be warned about. Um, and and I'm sure it's already it's already on streaming now. But Retribution with Liam Neeson. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. Um, for the two or three weeks it was in the empty theaters, mm-hmm. but it's basically poor Liam, one of my favorite guys. Um, sitting in a car for 95% of the movie, um, doing the same acting that he does, you know, usually try to be tough and macho, but he's got a couple of kids in the car and he's stuck in this car because someone's trying to blow him up. Honey, something's happened. There's a man who has put a bomb in the car. Under our seats, there are pressure triggers. We can't get out. The car will explode. It's out. He has made the same movie for about 15 years now with with little to no changes whatsoever and they're not like taking one two and three of course that's they're going to be similar but he manages to make a movie in the middle of the woods the same as taken it's (laughs) it's it's not his fault you know he's cashing his checks and he's getting up there in years so more power to him so well, you know, he saying... spent he spent thirty years as probably our finest screen actor, mm-hmm. and what did he have to show for it? And then he goes, then he gets, then he goes to Paris and saves his granddaughter or whatever it is, and and mm-hmm. and you and I would do the exact same thing. The American story, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying if you buy a ticket, you'll be the one who's taken. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Oh, I like that. Wow. To bring back one of his good movies. <laughs> and then we, real quick before you go, and, and I know, uh, but mm-hmm. The Nun 2 is the worst movie of the year. <laughs> and, and the None. reason I mentioned it. I didn't know there was a Nun 1. No one did. And yet they still make, it's part of the Conjuring series. And you probably don't know what that is either because I don't blame wow. you. Yeah. But it's somehow mixed in with the Conjuring world. Um, and it is shameful. And the reason I bring it up is not to, to, to tell you what's awful. Although I'll give you this quote. Are you, are you a Catholic school graduate? I'm a Catholic, yeah, 12 years of that <laughs> stuff. You, are and you it was a Jesuit? Not like this. It was not, no. <laughs> I, ha- I had the ironically named Sisters of Charity. Uh, well, the charity would be just to, to keep you away from this. The, oh, one of the opening lines is, there's something wrong with the school. Something doesn't feel right. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's this nun who's killing children, and she, she kills the head of the school, and yet the school doesn't skip a beat. It just keeps on going. But the reason I brought it up is the movie takes place almost completely in the pitch dark. 
And oh, it's something great. that a lot of movies are doing. And it's not just the horror movies, which I get, but I'm curious what you two think. Um, just the overall darkness in movies, and they do it supposedly to emphasize, you know, a mood or something. And we get it. You know, there's a, a there's a nun eating children. Their mood is sullen, you know, at best. <laughs> but why is it that you have to squint to see just absolute awfulness on the screen? And I'm, I'm just curious what you guys think. There were, there were some, I noticed in Toronto, there was a trend towards very dark films. And maybe they're discovering like the digital medium allows them to do darker films than it used to. I don't know what it is. But there, there seems to be, for no good reason, scenes happening, entire movies happening like late at night. Maybe you say about CGI that way. But you, you just reminded me, Peter. Remember in the 1980s, Canon releasing the company that Canon releasing, they, they, they would take out trade ads in Variety, just spec ads for movies that they hadn't made yet, and they would check, they would gauge the response to the ad as to whether or not they would make the movie. It was those two Israeli guys, those two Israeli uh, right. producers. And the, the classic one was a movie that they had, it was called The Elevator. And it's just like a picture of an <laughs> elevator with a hand coming out. And the tagline was, take the stairs, take the stairs, for God's sake, take the stairs. <laughs> well, wasn't that the plot of Argo? That Argo, they just took the ad out. We might, we're making this movie and here's yeah, the it was ad. based on that. It was based wow. on that real... Uh, Wow. Yeah, Canon wow. releasing. They were great. Well, I want to mention a couple of things. The first is I have been wanting to see the movie Theater Camp for several weeks. And I heard good things about it. Uh, it's Molly Gordon and a group of like improv people and uh, it's kids at a theater camp and a little, oh, will the camp survive and the big show and how's the show going to survive? You know, it's like 42nd Street, 100 years later. Who's going to take over for the lead actress who's leaving? Welcome, auditioners. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. This will fully destroy you. Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. I'm so grateful that you are all here to bravely choose to get better. Now we're going to do a little bit of an exercise to just strengthen our mouths. I was with Al Gore by the old cheese store, and he brought his own bags from the ocean floor. Wolf Blitzer has a blister on his upper lip. It's very, very cute, and it is now streaming on Hulu. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to see it, and I couldn't find it. It was, there was like one show at uh, the mall. Um, I saw a trailer for it at the Avalon thinking, well, it'll come to the Avalon. Oh. You know, our listeners, uh, if you if you are not <laughs> in town, you know that the Avalon is an independent theater. They should pay us uh, to put this podcast <laughs> on. It's amazing how often you reference them. They're getting the Taylor Swift movie. So all the kids <laughs> oh, oh, really? Really? Chase will be, it's already sold out the first night. It comes out. Uh, mid-october well good for them first night's already them. sold out yeah I've, have either of you seen theater I, camp i saw theater camp i loved it absolutely loved it because i was a theater nerd in, in high school exactly and so it just turns up the volume on those kids uh just beautifully it, it's a very loving i, I was kind of a, i thought it was going to turn out to be like like one of those camp movies from the 70s oh, yeah. um the hot dogs or whatever they were called uh and but it wasn't it was a very sweet very nice film and and you love all those kids and and you know they they all they all they all imagine in their minds they're on Broadway, yeah. but they're they're just a theater camp, and 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 none of them are going to be in the theater when they get out of there. But they all have these dreams of 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 being Helen Hayes, and they, mm. they actually know who Helen Hayes was. You know, 
It's Molly Gordon was the uh, girlfriend in the uh, second season of The Bear, and uh, I'm beginning to notice her as uh, an actress quite good. And uh, uh, Peter, did you see? Uh, I saw. I saw Pitch Perfect. Did that count? <laughs> I think I saw both Pitch Perfect, so that should get me wow. points at least. For, for, get you for something. Interesting thing, you know, I, I got to put a plug in for the, the beach here in, in Delaware. We have uh-huh. a great arts theater, cinema arts theater in Rehoboth Beach. There's a a, 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 a multiplex of eight theaters with a, with a sort of knockoff IMAX theater screen um, and other theaters around here. We, we have lots of movie theaters and we showed they showed theater camp here for like a month and, and movies do show here for quite a while. What's so, a knockoff IMAX like? They call it the cube. It's a, it's, just, it's got a great big screen. <laughs> and someone and yells pretty... in the middle to <laughs> yeah, emulate right, yeah. the sound. It's like in the fifties, hey! the three D movies, they they run a ghost <laughs> out on a clothesline, uh, and they throw <laughs> pebbles out at yeah. you. Like, wow, like, they that? spray water on you when it's a water scene. <laughs> Little bouncing ball. <laughs> uh, and have either of you discovered this guy, John Wilson? Uh, yes. I first heard about him from Cinema Lou, uh, our um, uh, transplanted New Yorker sports producer who uh, is on this podcast. Um, How to with John Wilson. Have you found that, Bill? Yeah. No, not at HBO? all. I've not heard of it. I highly recommend. Yeah. What do you, Peter? What you're I, I, at your behest in terms of? Hey, let's discuss this. I I watched <laughs> it, so that's yeah. the kind of power and influence you still hold, big guy. <laughs> um, but I watched about four episodes of it last evening. The first episode, it's a, I think this is the third season just started, but um, it's this nerdy guy, a nerdy a nerdy New Yorker um who runs around with his little camera and and he just picks just the most random uh subjects to focus on and the first episode is the best um it's uh the art of small talk usually the host of a tv show is uh right in front of the camera and you can see exactly where the uh, voice is coming from which i guess people like but in my show you never really see the host and that's because i'm actually behind the camera the whole time uh, filming everything you see. And he, he literally wanders about New York, and then he goes down in a very funny uh, bit. He goes he's, goes to a travel agent. She says, you know, we're going to send you to Cancun. He gets to Cancun, and this charming little beach, you know, he, he's getting ready to go to the, the pool, and it's the MTV has <laughs> the whole hotel taken for, a, like, a, a wild concert for a whole spring week. Break or it's something. just a spring break. Horror show, and he sticks with it, and and there's a lot of funny moments. Uh, unfortunately, it, it really is funny. The yeah. the first, it's uh, it's it's unique. Also, um, it's all familiar because you see it's like a candid camera kind of a thing, and a bit of Seinfeld in there. Literally, he is rarely on camera. In fact, uh, hardly ever. Yeah, and it's just his uh, narration, and it's it's kind of the uh, you know the. I am a camera perspective, mm-hmm. yep. and I, it, I think it's wildly creative. He he drips into, they all seem to kind of mesh together. He does subjects like, you know, how to uh, cover furniture, how to make risotto, just a little strange thing, how, how to split a check. There's an, a, there's an episode mm-hmm. about how people should split the check at the restaurant, because nowadays, you know, you really do go with a group of people, and that can be awkward. 
mm-hmm. but they they they're still funny but they it starts to kind of just mush together i don't yeah. know how, how long you could sustain it you know he doesn't his season is like six seven episodes yeah, it doesn't do a lot of them it just I, it reminds me of the kind of creative reporting they used to do on the local news when every news had a little character. And I was one of those. So uh, uh, naturally, I'm prejudiced. And uh, it was one of the things that made local news spark. And now you don't mm-hmm. get that stuff. And Yeah, no flavor. No, no. no. So, so uh, now I think it's time to bring up uh, where are we with the uh, actors strike and the writers strike and i'm i'm ser- i'm hearing and reading that uh cbs for instance they're going to show all of yellowstone because they've got yellowstone and you know it was on paramount or something else i don't know prime so that's going to be one of their network offerings. They're going to run rerun Yellowstone because it's never been on broadcast. Hmm. Uh, and I'm hearing the networks are uh, uh, putting a bunch of Canadian series on television, and Ooh. and they're all leaning on sports and football. And uh, when aren't they? They've always been uh, the, the, yeah. the the sports rules, but. Uh, unless it's SCTV, I wouldn't be terribly jumping at the bit for a Canadian <laughs> TV fair. Uh, Canadians do a lot of, they do a lot of uh, mystery. They do a lot of CSI type shows, oh, I think. Yeah. And it's usually just, you know, running through the streets of Toronto. Oh, NBC, wow. I read NBC saying, oh, we're going to miss Dick Wolf. Well, <laughs> Dick Wolf is, is NBC. He's the only <laughs> thing they've got. It's uh, Law and Order this and Law and Order that and Chicago this. And, uh, and you know, they're not. So so where are we? What does it mean? I think that you're going to get a lot of the small. <laughs> you're going to keep getting, as what Bill was seeing up in Toronto, you're going to get a, a lot of small movies mm-hmm. um, with perhaps, you know, a fading star or a a rising star you i don't know what you're gonna get it's it's kind of it's it's disappointing and discouraging you know i I was looking at what's coming up at christmas christmas is you know the time you get three or four big ones and it's aquaman i'm sorry aquaman and aquaman i'll give you each a dollar if you can tell me which aquaman it is because (laughs) it doesn't matter they're all awful and you know there's nothing to look forward to and i think that that's for me, has always been a big thing for the movies. Is what's coming in May. There's a, a favorite you have. Yeah. And now it's just, well, it's the ninth Avengers. It's the 10th Mission Impossible. And that it takes the magic away from movies. It takes the magic away from going to the theater. And it's all because of, as usual, money. Yeah, I, I, I don't, there's nothing to add to that. I mean, we just don't know where it's going to go. And, and, uh, it's funny you said about the actor's strike, and it's not an actor's strike. They're just out on in sympathy, right? It's still, they're just honoring the the writers. Oh, writers the, guild. Writers yeah. guild. And uh, yeah. so I guess these things just hold. I mean, I guess it's not as, as you know, the, the car companies are on strike now, and that probably will affect more people directly. But it's, uh, I'll tell you what, in, in, in Toronto, there was no talk of it. It was a, the oddest thing, because these are all little, these were all indie filmmakers who were working outside the studio system. And they seem to be hard at work. Yeah. I mean, there's a They're lot getting of getting paychecks. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. thrilled. Yeah. Well, and we will see a lot of the movies you uh, mentioned uh, on streaming. 
certainly yeah. the um what's the one uh, the burial i know they're pushing forward that may be on prime the tommy lee jones uh, mm -hmm. film and you know that sounds like a lot of fun there are a lot of films in toronto that have not don't have releases don't you know because it's a it's a market toronto so people that are actually trying to sell films up up there and uh i tell you what there's a this movie called pool man gotta tell you about pool man uh <laughs> it's it's chris pine and it yeah. is if you take uh -huh. take chinatown remove uh -huh. jack giddies and put the big lebowski in instead <laughs> and that's this that's this movie Really? And I hated the first 20 minutes of it. I said, what uh -huh. the heck? And then like 40 minutes into it, I am on board because it is just totally whacked out and a lot of fun. And and it's it's a great cast. It's a, a, a Daniel DeVito's in it and, and at Benning's in it. It just, it did. And they oh, she finished swimming and swam right over to that set, it <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> they dry her off. <laughs> the only thing I remember about Diana Nyad is uh, when they pulled her out of the uh, ocean, she had uh, covered her body in in grease. Mm -hmm. I just I have this. There's a whole just, scene about covering your body in grease in this movie. In black grease, like uh, I don't know where where they got the stuff or why, but that's uh, so I know who Diana Nyad is. <laughs> well, we might all be knowing who she is if it's the main theater, you know, on a Friday night in the right before Christmas. Uh, I don't know. Any, where are we going? What, what, what is you know? <laughs> it's a, it's an overall uncertainty, and it, it's now slipped into Hollywood, and Hollywood is supposed to give us that release, you know, that that, that mm. distraction from the the mundane and, and life in general, and now it's become life. It's, uh, you know, it's it's just taking over everything. There's uncertainty and an unhappiness. And now you're running into an election year and where it's going to be at an all-time high. And it just stands to reason Hollywood would, 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 would be in there, too. So now we really have one less outlet, a big outlet, to get away from all this other crap. We're, we're kind of just stuck. I think I the think. fact that, that, that the strike is tied to technology is really a telling thing. It used to be just about money. It used to, be, it used to just be about how much we're going to get for reruns, how much are we going to get you know, for, for day work. And now it is like existential we may replace you all with digital ones and zeros uh and and that's and that's AI. a response that that can't be ignored but it's a it's, it's such a quintessentially 21st century labor dispute where we're talking mm -hmm. about people versus non-people right and what's yeah. going to happen in 10 years 15 years versus you know that, that chat dpt or gpt no one even knows how to say it uh it's 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 not ready yet you know but it will be ready in in 10 15 years and i, I hope that's what they're arguing um because of course you're, you're not going to do a tv show using that now but in 10 years time just like all technology it's going to get better yeah. and we I mean, remember we used to be able to stream anything and now you get a full movie the day it's released perfect yeah, right. picture mm -hmm. so 10 years from now it's going to be a big a big deal and I'm sorry, I think I got it backwards. It is the actors who are on strike, and it's the writers who are out in sympathy with the uh, actors, I think. Vice versa. Is it? Writers uh, went the writers first. first. Oh, okay. And then because of the chat, CPT, GPT, uh -huh. and then the actor said, hey, we may as well do something since we're not working. So let's bring some donuts, <laughs> like all strikers usually do. And speaking of that, I think it's time to check in with Lou Katz and Hound Radio, which makes this podcast possible well you know guys i'm a little disappointed in the podcast so far because you guys really haven't even brought up the potential oscar winner 
Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know how that one slipped through your minds. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. But I'm I'm here to plug the fact that Hound Radio has got a screening this coming Saturday in Baltimore. Oh. And also over in Tyson's Corner. Hound in Radio, Baltimore. Paw, Paw Patrol. <laughs> you get the connection, right? You get free tickets and you go to the website, houndradio.com. I mean, this movie, Kim Kardashian's voice is in there. Huh? Uh, Taraji mm. P. Henson. I'm telling you, you guys, oh. you heard it here first. This could be the big Oscar contender. So go it, by. It might be the only one, so they can still win. <laughs> and so, the dogs don't belong to the union, so they'll be showing up on the red carpet. Right. <laughs> exactly. So go to Howard. What's that other dog movie? Strays? Oh, we, we had that one, too. That turned out to be a real dog as well. So go to houndradio.com. That's my plug. Back to the podcast. I'm waiting for Strays to stream. Cinema Lou loved Strays. Said it oh, was streaming. Just... It's out there. It sounds. Oh, something. is it out there already? Probably Disney. I'm guessing Disney oh, Channel. God. I don't know. It... Does anyone know where anything is actually streaming? You just heck and peck. Yeah. yeah. You, you really days, do. They haven't I figured out know. a good way of doing that yet. I got kicked off Netflix. I was sharing it with a dear friend. <laughs> For about 10 years. And they figured open. out that I don't live there. <laughs> There's a shortcut, but I won't say it here. <laughs> I got kicked off. I was going to ask him to adopt me, but no, it didn't work. So I, I haven't watched, but I haven't seen anything I want to see on Netflix. So hmm. I've got Prime, and I'm, I'm leaning a lot on HBO Max. Yeah. And when I can't find anything, I'll start fishing around. And uh, there are delightful films. The other night, we watched uh, The Descendants, another oh, Alexander, Alexander Payne film with George Clooney. Uh, you know, he's in Hawaii, and he's middle class, and his wife is kind of carrying on, and she has a boating accident, and he and his kids are dealing with her uh, imminent death. Uh, meantime, the family is uh, is in the process of selling a large patch of uh, land that they had inherited from the earliest days of uh, of the uh, Hawaiian uh, kingdom, and it's to, you know Alexander Payne. So that's why I'm very excited about uh, the holdovers. Holdovers is. Excellent. Has his hand all over it. It's very restrained. It's very emotional, but he just has that sort of light edge, that 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 sort of cynical look that that takes the edge off uh, sentiment. He's, it's really, really very well done. And then I'm also getting a lot of good stuff on Hulu. I've been uh, happy with Hulu, although they yeah, Hulu's your TV kind of go to. And I just I just wanted to echo what you were saying about HBO. Well, Max. Um, and that if I had to spend, if you only had, you know, that, that old moniker, the one, one album on a desert Island, if you had yeah. $20 left in your pocket every month, what would you use it on? And I would strongly say, um, Max, yeah, uh, especially now that they've incorporated a and E, um, and you get some of their good programming. Um, it's and just you get some of the CNN documentary work, which is you go, the best docs. It's not yeah. Netflix. The best docs are on Max. I mean, in terms of quality. Yeah, Netflix still has more, but uh, they're just they're all about uh, sheer volume, and Max is about quality. 
and I don't know. I forgot spend what your money Max there. is. I think because I'm paying for it on my. I still have cable. Oh, well, that's those okay. Luddites. Party at hey. Arches next. Do you crank that up with a? Do you have a steam engine to run that thing? <laughs> we got a little squirrel in the cage. Okay, well, look, let's wrap up. And what should we recommend for the weekend, Bill? What do you like? I'm saying Dumb Money, uh, which is opening wide. I think uh, this this Friday with a uh, Paul Dano. It's it's the story of the GameStop uh, investment spectacle of a few years ago. Really well done, great, and he plays a great character. He plays this this internet guy who marshals the millions to to save GameStop stock. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm going to pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting, and that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. It's a, one of those finance movies, but it's a lot of fun. Good, great, Peter? <laughs> oh, and on the other side of the fence, uh, Expendables 4 is coming out. Sylvester Stallone, I know, you're <laughs> close that mouth, Arch. He's back, and you can enjoy him in all of his splendor with um, Jason Statham and about three other holdovers. They're, they're not coming back in droves for this one, and I don't think <laughs> audiences will either. But Sly is back. 70 is the new 30 or whatever. He was the only celebrity to show up in Toronto. He made a live appearance at the screening of a documentary. <laughs> he's, always, about him. he's working even when he's not getting paid. Yeah. That's yeah. A live appearance. And, you know, but it's coming out on Friday and another horror movie that's probably the nuns free. So <laughs> avoid at all costs, whatever it is. Well, I'm going to recommend theater camp on Hulu because it's a delight and it's 90 minutes. And it's just one of those uh, lovely movies that, uh, uh, is satisfying and uh, you're glad you watched when it was over and i hope you are glad you listened to this podcast today i sure enjoyed I talking to bill newcott of the saturday evening post peter freeman of dc outlook lou katz of the cats podcast system and hound radio and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks and uh and I'm optimistic. Oh, you're the Keep one. Keep it up. Stay optimistic, Arch. <laughs> we count, we're counting on you to be the one. Love Hound Radio. Love it. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.